Before this week's episode starts, we would just like to include a trigger warning. Um, sometimes we talk about things that can um, bring up some memories or trigger people. Um, there are some topics sometimes that we talk about that are rough and may not be suitable for little ears. Um, just want to give you a trigger warning before this week's episode starts. We appreciate you listening. And we like to talk about the hard things, but we also don't want to cause any harm to anybody. So um, viewer discretion is advised sometimes, and we hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode Mahalo. of Breaking Apostolic Taboo. Aloha. Um, I will say the last few weeks have been very rough here in our been loop de loop bampo and shoes are looking I don't cool. know how that is like I thought of a roller coaster and I thought of a loop de loop and then I got there anyways um, we just had a very close friend of ours pass away about what it's been two weeks now um, by the time you listen to this it's been three weeks um, mm-hmm. and it's been kind of hard going through the grieving process but through it all our church has been having a revival um Yeah. Anyways, we've been having revival at church and people have been getting baptized every service and it's been amazing, but it's been a difficult time grieving, Um, but it's not going to stop us. So if I sound a little hoarse, it's because we shouted our way through that funeral and worship the Lord. And so we've heard the sniffles. It's allergy season in Texas again. Uh, the, the weather is changing kind of it's faux fall people faux yeah. fall. It feels really good outside today, but Give it two I weeks. bet you tomorrow it's going to be hot. So it's going to be hot, hot, hot. It will be. Um, so we both are kind of under the weather voice wise. I sang my guts uh, up Sunday down. too. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but this week we wanted to talk about something that, I'm not, I, I feel like a lot of people don't know about, and I feel like a lot of people aren't really educated on it, and when they hear it, they're kind of like, eh, we don't want to talk about that. But at the same time, this this topic's been around for centuries, it's for millennia. It's been around for a long time. It just time. has a new name. Yes, it really does, and after I, I had sat down, when we were sitting there talking about the things we could talk about, um... Uh, this was one of the lists and Taylor was saying he didn't really know what I was talking about what that meant and so we I had sat down and showed him a lot of stuff about it so today we're talking about the spiritual deconstruction movement um I, I, I call it the movement because since 2020 and everybody being locked up in their homes it has become this phenomenon to deconstruct everything you believe in um I first heard of the spiritual deconstruction movement. Uh, growing up, I used to watch Rhett and Link all the time. Good Mythical Morning. I used to watch Rhett and Link's videos, the Dead iPod song. Like, I love Rhett and Link. Always have. Um, I don't really watch them as much anymore just because I have focused on other things and I don't always get just, I don't always have time to sit and listen to them anymore. But I remember in 2020, there was this big uproar. Because Rhett, Rhett had posted on their Ear Biscuits podcast that he was going through spiritual deconstruction. And there's a whole two hour long podcast of Rhett sitting here talking about his um, experience with deconstructing his beliefs on God and Christianity 
and everything. And I sat and watched the two hour long video. And ever since they post yearly updates. So this year will be year two, year three of, no, year three of them. They'll post this year. I think they already have. And I've listened to the, the last updates. I haven't listened to this year's. And um, it's kind of, that's where I first heard of it from. And ever since then, it's like blown up. I have seen so many people deconstructing their faith. I have had friends from Bible college that have deconstructed their faith. And each one, each person has their own unique reason, I guess, to say Mm -hmm. why they started to deconstruct their faith. And honestly, all, all it is... Is people with questions, people that are questioning traditions, uh, questioning, you know, the way it's always been because now things that we thought were safe are no longer safe. And now people are like, well, what, what about faith? What about my faith? Am I, you know, and it's not a bad thing if, if you, if you're going There's in with a mindset. If you're going in with the mindset of, I just have questions. But if you're going into it as a mindset of, you know. I've got to rip apart everything I've, got to, I've, I've ever been told. Yeah. there There's mindsets that can definitely be harmful to a person in their faith and in their walk with God. And uh, all it ultimately boils down to is doubt. Yeah. If, if you don't know what the term spiritual spiritual deconstruction is. I don't have an absolute definition, but I can tell you it's what he just said. They are basically taking their faith and everything they've been taught and just ripping it apart and questioning it. Um, uh, Some people aren't here to really drag the church. There are some people that are doing it just because they've seen flaws in what they've been taught in the either white evangelical church, the Catholic church, you know, I mean, I've seen it in an apostolic church. I have, uh, I just said it a minute ago, I had friends I went to Bible college with that are going through the same thing. They are just ripping it apart. And uh, it's, it's like, it's okay to have questions, but when you're sitting here nitpicking absolutely everything, that I mean, that's going to, that's like a, a spiritual attack almost. Like you're sitting here saying, okay, well, this happened, so this must not be true. And this happened, I mean, a lot of it is rooted in, church hurt and and traditionalism and i mean there's flaws in everything you know and that's another part of the side of the whole discussion of this is that the church has had traditions on all and i'm saying in every denomination every church every church has its traditions and some of them aren't rooted in scripture and it gets touted about within each individual group of church or whatever organization whatever and and it gets touted as a core belief as a core like this is we have to have this way because this is when in actuality that's not the case and there's no scripture for it and then that causes people to say well if there's no scripture for this then where's the scripture for that mm-hmm. and then people start coming down and they start looking at it and then when people get into this mode of breaking things down Sometimes they start listening to other voices that aren't godly, that aren't filled with the Spirit, that aren't uh, knowledgeable in the right, within the faith. And so they start listening, and then 
all of a sudden you have this other voice building inside of you. Oh, this is all a lie. This is all wrong. This is, and it so deconstruction ultimately leads to many people back backsliding or leaving the church or however you want to word it. And then it harm. And then once they start leaving, that harms others. It makes others start questioning, like, what this person used to be solid in the faith, and now they're gone saying that it's all a lie and well if it's a lie how is it a lie and then now we've got somebody else going down the same rabbit hole that can be very destructive to people yeah but christianity christianity in general i'm not singling out any denomination right now i mean we are all a part of you know christianity it's there's so much there's so many issues honestly there really is and i i mean i hate that we like to try to sweep stuff under the rug and act like there's no issues in christianity when there is a lot um and everything is flawed but thing and something that really bothers me is like everything is flawed even stuff outside of christianity is flawed there is science stuff that is flawed there is things that the medical field does that are flawed so in my opinion if you're gonna sit here and just say it's just with the christians we've got to deconstruct because they're crazy it's like okay there's a lot of other things that we should probably deconstruct too not everything there's going to be flaws in everything and that's a part of life it really is just a part of life and it's not all it's just honestly the this whole idea also affects other faiths because I have, I have noticed a few people who have said, well, I grew up in a Jewish household and I've had to deconstruct my faith and I didn't understand why this had to be this way and I just it just doesn't make sense to me. And then even some within Muslim and, Bo- and Buddhism and all of it, there are many people across the globe leaving their faith because they're deconstructing because they don't understand how their faith can do this or that and it contradict this or that and honestly another root of it is secularism humanism that is an ever rising it's an ever rising trend within culture right now and education even and i'm not saying don't really get an education don't get me wrong but we have to be very careful about what voices we allow to speak into our lives that say hmm huh well and then that starts making you go, well, what about this? Yeah. And I I really want you to know it's okay to have questions. I have been there. I've had questions. And I think a lot of outside of church hurt and people getting hurt by the church. And there's a lot of narcissism. There's a lot of egos and pride and, and selfishness and and. I hate saying this, but there's a, there's yeah, a lot of psychological issues that all lead to, to us being like, well, what, what, is, what is the truth? What is the truth? But then you also have to consider the fact that we are all humans. Yeah, we all and the flesh. church isn't meant to be a place for perfection. Mm-hmm. It is meant to be a hospital for the broken. And sometimes people can't get past that fact like, well, if you're a Christian, you're supposed to do this, this, and this. Well, I'm a human too, and I'm still working on that, this, and that. And and that and then that's talking about church hurt. And that's that's another topic for another day. But but it affects this subject very it heavily. It is a part of the like our friend that we this individual I went to Bible college with us, pray for him, love him, and everything. 
but uh, he went on the deconstruction journey and is now no longer associated with any faith of any kind and is out doing whatever pleases and that's his choice and but uh, he the reason he started it and I read his initial post one of the major things that pushed him towards this whole oh I've got to double check my, my what I understand is my faith is that in his particular situation he was seeing racial injustices and things of that nature going on in the world and saw the church tout up and instead of loving the broken hearted on all sides they were just picking a side and saying that the other side was wrong and that he's and to him that's not what Jesus would do and so there's a lot of people out there that sees the church saying well we're the church we're going to love everybody but then at the same time on the flip side the church can become very hateful and harsh and critical to anybody that is not in alignment with them and unfortunately there are some older generations of the church that feel we need to be in alignment with a political party and we have now as a whole Christianity is now associated with this side of politics which yes I am more of a conservative mindset but that doesn't mean I need to align myself to a party and that causes a lot of tiff for people too and they're sitting here well Jesus did not like that. Jesus didn't say that. Jesus isn't this hateful. Yeah. And I think, I, I don't know if you're going to play it or you're yeah, going to post it, but there's a I quote. Play it. Oh, well then you, you play it. Um, I've, I've talked, I talked a lot about uh, Rhett and Link. Um, if it'll, if it'll upload, if it'll, oh my goodness. Okay. Um, he talks a lot of, I'll play it here in a second, but I talked about Rhett and he said something that I feel is so pivotal and is a, is the biggest reason why a lot of people are deconstructing it, their Christian beliefs. And I'll just play I say it this out of love and respect because I do believe that there is hope for the church. <sighs> Your kids are not leaving the church because you didn't train them enough. Your kids are leaving the church because you trained them well enough to develop a sense for truth and justice. You let them read the words of Jesus. And they got it. And they've recognized that the church doesn't seem to be interested in those words. They're not leaving because they don't know the truth. They're leaving because they do. This is, this is not a, hey, I want all your kids to leave the church. That's not what I'm saying at all. If you want your kids to stay in the church, you don't need to change your kids. You need to change your church. Uh, if your kids can't find Jesus, the Jesus that they know from the Bible, the Jesus that you've taught them about, if they can't find him within the walls of your church, you know what? They will go looking for him elsewhere. And I think that's the biggest issue we see with church today. We're really not showing Jesus the way we teach him to be in our own lives. It's this. In fact, we've become very judgmental and critical when it comes to tenets of faith or even for us, for standards, like some people just cannot get past that everybody's different and grows at different rates. Everybody should show an effort to pursue Christ and to pursue all those things, holiness, knowledge of Christ, faith, 
all of it. There should be an effort shown, you know, and I'm not saying make it a work. I'm saying make yeah. an effort because it's turning into work. So it does turn into works if you don't, if you let it, but if you are honestly just trying to pursue Christ, then you're not going to act like a critical judgmental individual. You're not going to have this holier than thou thought process and you're not going to look down on people who aren't in church or who even are in church and that of course comes from pride and ego and there's a lot of different factors that go into the deconstruction and why somebody starts and why somebody ends up where they're at not everybody ends up at the same spot some people still say well I, I still believe in Jesus but I don't go to this church anymore because I this church doesn't doesn't show Jesus like the Bible says he is I am when we talk about this, I feel such a heaviness in my spirit. It, it, my spirit, when I start talking about the spiritual deconstruction movement, I think about it, it. It's such a heaviness in the spiritual world. And I think it's because it, it really, on, in a sense, saddens God that things have come to this and that there's so much hurt and there's so much pain. And, and my thing is, our church uh, used to get a lot of flack. Because we let people grow at their own pace. And that's something he was hitting on. And my thing is, if you actually seek a relationship with God and you seek him your own, through your own ways. And a lot of people have been, side note, thrown church at them their whole life. And this is what you need to believe. This is what you need to believe. This is what you need to believe. But they never really learn any of it. And so they start asking, well, why, 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 why? And then they start asking the wrong people why. Instead of getting real knowledge from and like really studying it out. And they just, and it's almost, they're going through the same cycle. They just don't realize they're going through the same cycle. They've been throwing this their whole life. Like you've got to do this because this is what the Bible says. So you got to do this because the Bible says so. But then when they start deconstructing, they're getting sense. told the same thing. You got to do this because that's not really in the Bible. And they're, it's like a cycle and it's sad. And then we have some settings where we have ministers and leaders, and I, I'm not gonna, I'm not going at any specific one in mind. But in some settings, we do have the unfortunate side effect when we're human. We have our own egos and prides to deal with. And there are some humans within the church that, if they get asked why, they look at it as a challenge to authority, mm-hmm. and they, well, because I said so. Because yeah. I'm the one in charge, and then it becomes that becomes almost cultish, like yeah. Uh, and I've seen I, I I'm not. What I'm going to say is taking a route to combat your doubts and trying to gain more knowledge for the purpose of making yourself more concrete in your faith is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But when you allow external forces and voices to come in that aren't of God mm-hmm. and you allow them to start speaking into your situation you're no longer listening to a godly influence What what is influencing you if your deconstruction is a godly encouragement and God's like hey look this is a conviction for you not for others or hey this is we need to work this out you and me mm-hmm. this is for us that's one thing, but when we start doing it because it's trendy or because we have church hurt and instead of handling it with God, we want to handle it with the world, and then the world's going to say, well, why don't you just leave? What's the point in staying in a place that says they do this, but they don't? Yeah. 
and I, I some it back to what I was trying to get to earlier. Our church got a lot of flack, and I mean, we still sometimes we still do. Honestly, there are still some people that look at our church and they're like, "Why?" They don't understand why we are so okay with letting people grow at their own pace. What matters is that you have a relationship with God, and when you become and you seek God daily. And I have seen this with so many people in my church. I've seen it within my own life. I'll use an instance in my life. When I started really getting serious and really forming my relationship with God, this is something so small in middle school that the Lord convicted me about wearing pajama pants to bed. <laughs> like I, who, who gets convicted like that? But I did. And ever since then, I, I've quit wearing pajama pants to bed, but I'm not going to sit here and tell my best friend that wears pajama pants to bed that she's wrong because of my own personal conviction. My pr- own personal conviction is not rooted in the Bible necessarily. It's, it's, it doesn't say in the Bible that I can't wear pajama pants to bed. That's I had prayed and asked the Lord. And one day when I went to go put on some pajama pants, I felt horrible and I felt convicted and I took them off and never wore them again. And a lot of it's growing. Like there are women and men in our church that have, you know, as they've grown in their relationship with God, they've gotten rid of all their pants because they felt the need, like they felt God and they felt that conviction from the Lord and it clicked in their brain without anybody having to shove it down their throat. And God will convict you. He will teach you if you seek him. There's nothing wrong with asking God the why questions and seeking it out for yourself. For Pete's sakes, Job did it. Yeah. Job, Job himself was, Lord, why? What's going on? Of course, Job asked questions, but he didn't ask them within a sinful manner. He asked why. He did. And then, of course, we have a, that whole chapter in, in Job where God's like, well, where were you when I did this and that? If, and, and then we have verses that say, if I even tried to tell you why, you wouldn't be able to comprehend what's going on in this situation. Words without knowledge. And so, you know, it's okay to ask questions. It's okay. It just One, it does depend on where you're coming from, what attitude you're coming with. Because if you're coming with, why we do this, of course that's going to rub somebody the wrong way and they're going to come back at you. Yeah. If you come in like, hey, look, this is something that I'm struggling with. I don't understand this. I, I I don't understand what I'm reading. I don't understand what you're saying over the pulpit. Can you explain this to me and help me understand it? Then somebody's going to be more like, yeah. Hopefully. And, now, and there's again, instances. There is the instance where we have pride and ego. And somebody says, well, because I said so. Or, yeah. At that point, you need to find somebody else that is a godly influence to help you in your situation. Because... I- when you're having these questions and you're doubting, going to somebody that does not think the same thing you think is going to wreck your world. I have had friends that have gone to therapy with someone who does not believe what they believe, and now they are no longer in church because of their therapist. And that breaks my heart. Like, I, I can't stress enough that you need to find somebody that believes what you believe. And if there are still things not making sense to you, find somebody else. Do something else. But please don't let these people that, like, are just out there bonkers almost, like, try to influence you. Because you're going to be repeating that same cycle that you hate yourself. Also, if you find yourself in a very cult-like-ish atmosphere where it's, you know, his way or the highway, like, the you know, and it seems very odd and something doesn't set right in your spirit, I would suggest you maybe try to find another church. 
Because if that pastor is going to get mad at you for just simply asking for an explanation, you probably should find somebody else to ask. You can ask me, Taylor. I'm sure you could find somebody that you can sit down and study or you need to go study on your own. At the same time, don't get upset with some people who say, you know what, I'm not for sure, but give me a moment and I'll get you an answer. Because that shows that they've never either one thought of it, two, they've never been asked that question and they're not they want to give you the right information. They don't want to just tout off what's on top of their head. That's a wise person. They know how to hold their tongue and wait a second. Because if they were to go ahead and answer you off the top of their head with no pre with no pre knowledge or anything, it could honestly wreck your world or someone's world with that with that on the fly info. Um, it's just, this whole thing is very, like, heartbreaking to me. We interrupt today's episode to give you a little bit of information. So if you go to our bio or go to the description of this podcast episode, you will see a link to our link tree. When you click on that, there's going to be some things that pop up. First is A Kingdom of Misfits, giving you every reason why God can and will use you. That book is written by me, Bailey Romans, and we are currently doing this study on the podcast. Um, Every purchase goes to help our AIM trip to Lithuania, which is also another button on here, support the Romans AIM trip to Lithuania. You click on that, it will take you to our bonfire page, or there's another link on here that is our email list. If you sign up for our email list, you will get email updates about our AIM trip and where we are at. We are so close to going. We can use any bit of help. If you would like to sponsor or support us, please message the podcast or message us personally on Instagram. Or if you find us on Facebook, we will gladly uh, give you all the information to help us get to Lithuania. Then there's a listener support tab. If you click that listener support tab, it's going to take you to buy me a coffee. You can buy us a coffee and every bit that you donate here goes directly to the podcast to buy new equipment, to just keep the podcast up and running. Maybe we would like to do a giveaway in the future. This would just help keep the podcast up and running financially. Also, there is another link to Jesus Loves You Clothing Company. This company has awesome hoodies, t-shirts, bags, hats, anything you can think of, they have it. They just released some cups, some coffee mugs. They are awesome. You click the link and that will take you there. Go shopping. And if you use code BAYBAY10, you will get 10% off your order. So thank you all for listening to this week's episode and let's get back to it. But above all, it's where are your questions taking you? What direction are you facing when you start digging and breaking things down? Are you are they taking you closer to Jesus or are they taking you away from him? Also They used to say in, in Bible college all the time, you know, in what direction are you facing? Is your walk with God facing towards him? Or is it facing away from him? Because if whatever you're doing is making you face away from him, then that's something that you need to correct so that you can look towards God and that you can walk towards him. Because if it's pointing you away, you're going to walk that direction. Wherever you're looking, you're going to walk. 
what has your attention or what's making your attention be diverted. Yeah. I also, I don't always like to say this because not absolutely everything is a spiritual attack. Not everything. But I will say there's a good chunk of it that is rooted in the spirit. Some of the attitudes and some of the things that boil up in your heart and in your spirit are spiritual attack from the enemy. And the enemy wants to take out anybody that is that could be pivotal for the kingdom. If you're having weird questions that you've never thought of in your life or that seem outlandish, like just so odd, you might want to pray first and be like, is this like... Like, is this a spiritual attack? Because the devil's going to try to take you out. He's going to try to take out anybody. And sometimes it's sometimes it's just some a, a spiritual attack of the enemy trying to bring you down and take you out. At the same time, what circles are you in most of the time? Are your circles speaking life? Are your circles speaking truth? Or are you in a circle... Which I understand sometimes workplace and school places, you can't necessarily control who you're around all the time. Mm-hmm. But are you, but what I'm, what I will say is when you are in those environments, who, who do you allow to speak and talk to you in a sense of giving you advice? Who are you allowing to speak into your life? Mm-hmm. Because if you're constantly in circles where God's not real and it's always this negative 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 of course the devil will try to use all that negative energy and thought to come against you and you're going to start feeling that negativeness and you're going to be like oh, I don't know is God real I don't know everybody around me and then that start causes that self doubt and the enemy will use anything to hook you but if you try to do everything if you try to handle your doubt with godly counsel and try to keep godly counsel at, as close as possible, then yeah, go ahead, have your doubts, ask your questions, learn, grow, that's fine. But when you allow that doubt to be influenced and pulled by outside influence, by influences that aren't the church, that aren't godly, that aren't Christ-centered, and they start pulling you away, be wary of that. Don't don't just accept that. Like she said, when you start feeling certain feelings, sometimes it could just be something going on in the environment and it's pressing on your spirit. Pray against that. Pray. Mm-hmm. Seek God. Ask, ask, Lord, what's going on? What, what's in my environment? God, if there's something in this environment that's making me think this way, God, please remove it. Whatever it is in the spirit that's coming against me, remove it. And and so when, yeah, yeah, is that my train <laughs> just derailed? And I don't know. Where I am. <laughs> well, I will say when when it comes to spiritual attack, we know this because we're currently being trained to go on the field, um, and we've been learning a lot about like the like spiritual attacks. And when our, when the AIM teams and the and AIMers get on the field and missionaries, they are, bar- they are bombarded by the spirits that are in the area and by the spirits that are attacking the cities and attacking the people. And so 
they they feel that heaviness on them. It's not something fake. Like depression, Jezebel. Like, I mean, like anything. There are tons of different things that attack people. Fear, anxiety. Recently, I have had to fight. I've had the spirit of perversion trying to fight me and Taylor. And like, out of the blue, random. Now, let us say this. We're... We both we're both in the clear. We're not. Doing, oh yes. We're not doing anything like sinful or anything. We're just saying we, we felt, felt that spirit. Those not necessarily thoughts, but the, that spiritual impression of perversion. Yeah. And like in a, and like okay. And every example, life. she was having dreams for multiple nights that were really just hardcore, traumatizing, traumatizing, <laughs> and and perverted in nature. But yet, she doesn't think that way. No. That's not Bailey. And then the night she's like, God, just help me. Is the night that I start having similar dreams. And then we both were like, okay, something, something's, something's coming. Give. Something's coming against us. And it could be anything. And so we started praying and I harder at night. Yeah. <laughs> and now we, we don't I haven't, we haven't had those dreams. We haven't had those. I'm not even going to say thoughts. Just those impressions of... You can feel it in your in your spirit. It's more of that I feel it in my spirit. There are some people when I get around them, I feel the heaviness they're feeling in their spirit. That that's in the Bible. There's a long conversation for another day, but like spirit, like I can sense some things that people are dealing with in the spirit because I feel that like reverberating off me, especially with stuff I've dealt with before. What did you not like the word I just used? It? <laughs> reverberating but like it's I think we're on a tangent uh, we might be that's normal but anyways it's that's a lot of what happens with spiritual deconstruction but yeah some people get started for the wrong and right reasons and if it's a wrong reason and you've been impressed by somebody else or a spirit that's within your community that's just trying to tear down the church then of course you're going to start thinking those thoughts of well is the truth true that's where that whole tangent was about. And Tangents so are normal. They're life. <laughs> that whole tangent was saying, was to basically say, when you feel those doubts, it, you know, some are external, some are internal. And the devil will use that to try to pull people away from the church. Anything to tear down the church, he's going to do it. And if he can make you feel shame for having those doubts, he's going he's gonna to use that. If he's going to make you very pat give you passions for your doubt because oh, you got to champion your doubt he's gonna he's gonna impress that upon you the enemy is gonna impress it upon you and will try to do anything and everything to pull you away it's okay to ask questions but yeah ultimately it's okay to ask questions i love questions we had somebody message us and ask us a question about speaking in tongues the other day and I, it's okay to ask questions, y'all. It's okay. It's good. It's a good thing. Just don't let it point you in the wrong direction. Don't let it take you in the wrong direction. Yeah. And don't let it overwhelm you either. Like, just breathe and get get seek God. Ultimately, or yes. seek help. Ask your questions. Seek God. Seek godly guidance and wisdom. I'd ask someone you trust first. And someone that's within the faith. Yes. Because, like I said earlier, if you start letting ex- if you start letting voices from the outside speak and you start 
feeding that into you, whatever you feed yourself will come out. It will take control. It will override yourself. The thing, and something I feel like people like get upset when we have like have these kinds of conversations is not everybody is bad. I can agree with you. Not everybody that doesn't believe exactly what you believe is bad. They're not. But it, it's different when I seek somebody that believes what I know to be true. If you still have questions, you still have things that aren't answered. There are still things that aren't clear. Go to somebody else. Start going down these these trails and talking to people. It is okay to sometimes ask people that don't necessarily believe what you believe. I read books that aren't always written by apostolic people. You know, I watch pod and listen to podcasts. But I've learned that that I can, you know, eat the meat, spit out the bone, and and I've learned how to do that. And there's some people that can't differentiate that, and it's okay to not be able to differentiate that. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay. I would just suggest going to somebody that is godly and you trust first, and then moving on from there. I, I mean, that's that's all I all I know to say. I I mean, has there ever been a time where you've had serious doubt that you can think of, and you had to go, or has have you always been pretty concrete? I mean, no one's ever been fully concrete. I mean, I've had questions, but I've never. I've never allowed those questions to deter me mm-hmm. to the point that, well, I, what's the point? You know, getting on, let allowing them to make me a negative Nancy yeah. about it. Um, and ultimately, that's half the reason I came to Bible college was because I had questions. I wanted to learn more. I wanted to understand more. That was for me, but I wouldn't suggest it for everybody. Yeah, I, uh, I would say recently for me, I'm just, I want to give you hope that it's okay to have questions. Uh, with, with my friend passing away, I had a lot of questions about what happens after we die. And like, I, cause I've always just been like, oh, we go to heaven. Like, you know, after, you know, the saved person dies, they go to heaven. But I was like, I'm not sure. And so I'd asked a few people. And at this point in my life, I'm kind of content sometimes that I don't know the answer to some stuff. Um, I'm content to not have a full understanding of what really happens after I die. Because honestly, no one can write about it because if you're going to find out for yourself, you're, you're not coming there's back. a few options that you're not going to get the result that you're actually looking for. <laughs> but all I know is my friend that passed away. When I was at her funeral, I was so overwhelmed by the peace of God and the love of God that I had no question of where she was. I had no question in my mind that she was with the one she wants. And the scripture came to my mind to be absent when, and they, they said it at her funeral, to be, to be absent in body is to be present with the Lord. And so that gives me comfort. I know she's with the Lord. I know she's where she needs to be. And so my question, I was content. And so, um, I'm very content sometimes to not know the answer to some stuff. Um, and I know some people aren't like me. Taylor likes to find his answers um, and likes to get his questions answered and he feels bad sometimes when he doesn't always have an answer but it is okay to not always have your answers go research and it's okay to have questions Um, I hope we didn't uh, 
wreck your world. <laughs> and I, I felt I like, hope you weren't looking for us to be like deconstructions of the devil because it, it there's to some extent it's not. It's not of the devil. It's just people with their doubts and they have questions. And I will tell you, there's a lot of people that have not been taught right. We talked about this in our Sunday school episode. Yeah, sometimes. You thought you knew the Bible like you thought you knew. But guess what, baby? You better go back and reread it. Yeah. And then there's some people, and a lot of this stems from maybe we weren't taught right. What happens when we've been teaching our kids wrong, and then they get old enough, like Rhett says, and they don't see Jesus in the church the way they say it. Which they don't. We don't do a they don't see people. Yeah, they don't see people. They don't see Christians loving the homosexuals and the transgender or the sick. Or the mentally ill, or I mean, they don't see Jesus in us like we say we're we're supposed to be. A lot of times, they see Jesus at uh, our version of Jesus. Sometimes to people is, and I'm not saying ours is in me and Bailey's, but I'm just saying to the church's Jesus. Sometimes there's a Jesus that just loves only loves people that looks like him. <laughs> only love the people that look like you, talk like you, act like you. When in fact, that's not what heaven's going to look like. Yeah. You're in for a hot, rude awakening. Yeah. When you walk up to them gates. <laughs> and guess what? Red and yellow, black and white. Why did we sing that song if some people didn't didn't really believe it? Yeah. I'm sorry. Excuse me? <laughs> that's a, that's sorry, another Taylor conversation <laughs> for another day, y'all. We have a lot. We have a long list of things we want to talk about, and some things we haven't talked about yet because we feel like we've got to do some more research on them. Um, so because we don't want to tell you wrong. We yeah. Don't want to, we don't want to one. We don't want to plant doubt, but we also don't want to uh, discourage you if you have those doubts. The whole point of this podcast is to talk about stuff, spark conversation, and to talk about things that have been hard for the church to talk about. And I have been to conference after conference since 2020, and I've not heard anybody talk about spiritual deconstruction. It does need to be talked about because it is so prevalent. We need to talk about how to help people that are spiritually deconstructing. Um, That is my big push. So I want you to do some research on on what you believe. Learn what you believe so that you can help people some books i got plenty we have plenty of references and um uh you can message the podcast and say please help me i need i need reference material i need to learn more i need to be able to help people that are going through this and the first things first read your bible yep we could all read our bible probably more than we do (laughs) we thought we wouldn't be able to talk about this subject very long but here we are about 30 40 minutes in um, we appreciate everybody listening. Um, we're so glad to have this podcast back up and running and we're glad Taylor is, um, taking over until Alicia, um, is ready to come back. Keep us all in your prayers as we are grieving and in the grieving process. Um, Kiana was amazing and we're going to miss her so much and she's touched so many people's lives. And so, um, we love y'all. We appreciate everything. Thank you for joining us this week on Breaking Apostolic Taboo. I am Bailey Romans. Oh, this is my turn. I'm Taylor. What's your last name? We're married. We have the same last name. I'm Bailey Romans. And I'm Taylor. And let's start talking. Let's start talking.